0: This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Well, that prayer is a good introduction to what we're going to be talking about this evening. We'll be focusing on the words that Moses spoke to the the children of Israel, they're, they're standing by the banks of the Jordan about to enter into the promised land and he's explaining to them why they've gone through a time of testing these 40 years and Lent is a 40-day journey that's supposed to mimic really what, what the Israelites went through as we prepare our hearts for Holy Week, as we prepare our hearts for Easter. So this is what Moses said. Be careful to follow Every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart. Whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you. Lord God, we come before you this evening and we ask that you would fill us up with your word. We do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from your mouth. And so we want to meditate on your word. We want to receive your word. We want to receive your peace and your comfort. And we want you to guide us in this 40-day journey in Lent as we prepare our hearts for Easter. And Lord, don't let anything I'm doing get in the way of the work of your Spirit. Amen. For most Christians, there are two major holidays a year Christmas and Easter. And what makes holidays so special is not just the day of the celebration, but their preparation, their anticipation. And for Christmas, it comes easy, right? Everything is, is really reminding you that Christmas is coming. Because Christmas is marketable, right? And so right away after, after Thanksgiving, the radio changes its tunes and you hear Christmas music and you know Christmas is coming. All the ads are, are reminding you to make sure you have bought all your lights and your, your Christmas tree and your decorations and you bought your gifts and maybe something for yourself because Christmas is coming. And I think for the most part, that's a good thing. We should do everything we, we can to celebrate the birth of our king, the birth of, of, of Jesus, of a of God becoming man. It's, it's worth doing everything we can to celebrate. But how do you prepare for Easter. I would argue that Easter, that Holy Week, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is even more important than Christmas. The problem is, it's not very marketable. And so no one is going to really remind you that Easter is coming And so how do we prepare our hearts for Holy Week? How do we prepare our hearts for Easter? Well, for the past, really, 1,700 years, the Christian church has answered the question, how do you prepare for Holy Week with the season of Lent? It's a super ancient tradition That Christians have been been practicing over and over again, and lots of the practices have changed over the years, but but one of the the most ancient practices is the beginning of Lent this day, Ash Wednesday. When it comes to Ash Wednesday, the, the common practice, and we actually have done this here even at Victory, is that You would take ashes and it's called the imposition of ashes and they put ashes on your forehead and say the words that the Lord God spoke to Adam after he sinned and the consequences for his sin and the the problem now that we'd experience as human beings. You hear the words, remember you are dust and dust you will return. And you hear that over and over again. You are dust and for dust you will return. And it might seem like a very morbid practice to, to go around and see people that, ha, that have this dust on their foreheads and this ash on their foreheads, but but it's really, I think, a powerful image. That, that we are dust. That no matter how much we work out and eat healthy, no matter how advanced we get with technology, you and I, we are dust. All of us are going to die. And the power of Christianity is we can say that out loud and not shrink back. Because Easter's coming. Holy Week is coming. And we can look in the face of death and admit, I'm going to die. But because Jesus rose from the dead, he's coming back. And he's going to raise my ashes from the dead. And he's going to resurrect this world. And because my sins are forgiven in Jesus, when God comes down, he will dwell again with his people just like he did in Eden. And so this is a good way to begin Lent, begin your preparation with Ash Wednesday. Now, a lot of the reasons that we're not doing the imposition of ashes is, we really couldn't do it in this kind of crazy year with COVID. I don't know if we're ready to touch each other's faces yet, right? But it's a helpful reminder that you can look at death and not shrink back because Easter's coming. So what else could we do? What are the practices that the Christian church has has done for, for almost 2,000 years that, that could prepare our hearts. I mean, Target's not going to prepare your heart, and the radio station's not going to prepare your heart. No one's going to tell you that Easter's coming, and so what could we do to tell our own hearts that Easter's coming? Well, the other most ancient practice that the church has done is fasting. The church has fasted. And the reason the church has fasted in this 40-day period is because that's what Jesus did. Before he started his ministry, after he was baptized, he was led out by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days to be tested. And he fasted. And really that 40-day journey into the wilderness of fasting was supposed to imitate the Israelites' 40-year journey. Just like Jesus passed through the waters of his baptism and went out to the wilderness to prepare for his ministry, prepare for Holy Week. The Israelites passed through the waters of the Red Sea, went out into the wilderness in preparation for the promised land. And so, really looking at the story of Israel and what God was doing with the Israelites can actually help us prepare for Holy Week, can actually help us learn how to practice this ancient season of Lent. And so, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I don't know how much you know about this story of Israel. But about 1,800 years before Jesus, God's people went into Egypt. And then for 400 years, they were were in Egypt. And for some of that time, they were slaves in Egypt. And so they called out to the Lord. And the Lord raised up Moses to lead them out of Egyptian slavery. Again, through the Red Sea, passing through their baptismal waters of the Red Sea. But instead of bringing them right into the promised land, they wandered in the wilderness and now after 40 years of being in the wilderness, that first generation died in the wilderness because of their disobedience. But all of those who had been born in the wilderness are now at the, at the shores of the Jordan River and Moses is giving his last speech to them. And that's what the book of Deuteronomy is. It's, it's a long speech from Moses his final words to warn them and encourage them and to explain to them why they experienced what they experienced. And so this is what Moses says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. He says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. Why? Why did they have this 40-year journey? To humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. So Moses, I want you to look back on these 40 years and understand what that was all about. God was humbling you. He was trying to teach you, you need him. You are dust and ashes. You, you are dependent on me. And so what did he do? Did? He, he he tested them. And it wasn't like a quiz to try to see a pass-fail grade. It was more like a spiritual x-ray for them to see what was in their own heart, whether they keep his commands, really whether they would love and trust their God. That was what God wanted to see. Do you really put me first in your life? Do you really love and trust me? Can you put your faith in me? And so to test them, to give them this spiritual x-ray, He had them go through this process of fasting. It says this in in Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, he says, He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. And so God caused them to fast. God caused them to go out in the wilderness and to be hungry. And there was nothing they could do about it. They couldn't go and plant a bunch of crops in the wilderness. It was the wilderness. They, they couldn't go and, and buy a bunch of food everywhere. There wasn't, there wasn't access to They would have no way to rescue themselves. God caused them to hunger on purpose so that they would be fed by him. And he fed them every day, this manna, this daily bread that they received every morning except for the Sabbath. Now, what was God doing? Why did God lead them into the wilderness, make them hungry, and then feed them this manna? He says, God did this, verse 3, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So God caused them to fast, not so they could earn his favor, something like that. But God caused them to fast to teach them something. God wanted to teach them that even more than bread, they needed God. They needed God. They needed his protection. They needed his grace. They needed his provision that every piece of bread comes from the mouth of God, that God is the one who calls things into existence. God's the one who who does everything for us. More than them making their own bread, they needed God and every word that came from his mouth. So if we want to prepare our hearts for Easter and Holy Week, I think one of the things that we could consider is consider fasting for the same reason that God caused the Israelites to fast and the same reason that Jesus fasted. Why fast? Because here's the main takeaway. Fasting reminds us that we need God above all else. Fasting reminds us that we need God above all else. That's what God was trying to teach the Israelites in the wilderness. And that's what God can teach us in Holy Week, that above all else, we need God. We need his presence. We need his forgiveness. We need his acceptance. And the problem is, naturally, we don't think we need God. See, every time our phone dings, and every time uh, another ad pops up, and every time we look at social media and see somebody else's perfect Profile or or perfect family photo. We have this ache in us that I'm missing something. And then we have this idea that if I just consumed or clicked or bought or indulged or filled myself up with more stuff, I would finally be satisfied. I'd finally be whole. I'd finally be okay with myself. And I've tried that and I continue to try that. But guess what? Every time I click, thinking that on the other side of that, that product I buy, that that new thing I try, whatever that is that I think is actually going to satisfy my soul, I just feel bloated, exhausted, and empty. Because it's a lie. Now, it's okay to to have these blessings from God of of food and family and phones and entertainment. These are not in and of themselves bad things, but what we can do is take these good things and make them ultimate things. Is how Tim Keller talks about it in his book, Counterfeit Gods. When we take good things and we make them ultimate things, they become bad things. We try to fill ourselves up with these things and they lead us empty and Unsatisfied. So I want to encourage you to consider to combat that lie in preparation for Easter to remember what you actually need is God. Now, for many of us, many of us, I, I didn't really grow up in a tradition and or among people that fasted. I didn't really do this very often or very much. And I don't know if you've ever tried this out before, but this is an ancient practice that even Jesus did that, that Christians throughout the centuries have done. I want to encourage you, but maybe you have lots of questions like, why fast? What should I do? What does this look like? How do I even do this? Well, well, Jesus tells us the thing that we shouldn't do. First of all, what should we not do? When he's speaking in Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, when you fast, which is interesting, he expects this, he says it's going to happen, when you fast, when you do this, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. And so Jesus says, um, You're going to fast? This is just part of something we do. And when you do it, don't do it for show. That's what not for. So don't don't try to show off or try to earn God's favor with it or try to earn the credibility with other people or show yourself as some super spiritual person. That's not what it's there for. Remember, it's there to teach us. It's to teach us. And so that'll lead us to kind of think, well, what should I fast from? If I want to try this practice, this ancient practice, in order to prepare my heart for Easter and to kind of know that I need God, what should I fast from? Well, think about whatever has an excessive hold on your life. Is there something that you're using right now as this crutch, this coping mechanism, something that you find yourself running to over and over again, something that that you think, I need this? And so if you're kind of struggling, like, man, is there something I really need to maybe consider fasting from? Maybe you could answer this question. Fill in this blank. I thought I needed this, but I really need Jesus. I thought I needed... My phone. I thought I needed my social media. I thought I needed that food. I thought I needed net binging Netflix. I thought I needed this. This is what was going to answer my problems. This is my coping mechanism. This is the thing that's distracting me and taking up all my brain space and, and actually not helping at all. I thought I needed that, but I really need Jesus. And so consider maybe giving up that thing that has this excessive hold on your life for these 40 days or however you want to do it. But don't just give up something. Replace it with something. See, when Moses was in the wilderness, what he remember what he told God's people. He says, Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So you say, all right, this is something that has an excessive hold on my life. I want to try to give it up in preparation for Easter. And so instead of doing that, I'm going to replace it with worship, the word, and prayer. So let's hear you saying, you know what? I'm so distracted now. I don't have room for God in my life because I'm so distracted connected to my phone. I'm, I'm always distracted by it. So I want to I do something, kind of curb that. I want to give that up for these 40 days. I'm going to maybe turn it off early before bed or, or take a day off every day or, or, or delete some things to make it a little harder for me to get at. I'm going to say no to that and I'm going to replace it with God's word, with worship, the word, and prayer. Maybe I'm going to go on a walk outside and worship God. Those times that maybe I would go run to food or Netflix or whatever as a coping mechanism. I'm going to read a psalm. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend some time just talking to God. I'm going to realize my great need. Now, let me tell you, you start doing this. And there's plenty of ways to do this. There's plenty of, of different Helps or tools like on the YouVersion Bible app or, or just reading a psalm or reading a section from the Gospels. When you, when you start to do this, when you start to say no to something and replace it with worship, the word, and prayer, maybe even just saying the Lord's Prayer, it's going to be hard because we're all addicted. It's going to be super hard, and so I'd encourage you to maybe uh, tell somebody, if you're in a life group, tell people in your life group, you know what, this is the thing that right now has got this excessive hold in my life for 40 days. I want to try to stop that, and I want to replace it with the word and worship and prayer. Tell your life group. If you're not in a life group, maybe, maybe you're in the men's or women's mentoring program. Tell the people in the mentoring program, this is the thing I want to stop for these 40 days. If you're not in that, you know, talk to a family member or a friend or your pastors and we can help you with that. And I'm still thinking, I have so many things that I'm connected. I'm still thinking, what is the one thing? I feel like I have like 10 things that could be on this list, but what is the one thing I want to give up as well? And here's what you're gonna find. When you do this, you might fail. And that just proves the point, how much we need Jesus, how much we need his death and resurrection, how, how much we need him, how mortal we are, how connected we are, how, how far away from, from, from him our thoughts can be. And it's just going to drive us back to the cross, to the message that God loves you, that God accepts you. And I think one final thing to just remind you on this, this is, Don't get legalistic on this. Don't get work righteous on this as if you're somehow earning something from God. Remember what Moses said. God did this to teach you that you don't live on these things alone, but on God's word alone. So let's just review real quick. Consider, not legalistically, consider fasting from something to connect yourself with this ancient practice of Lent that people have been doing for literally thousands of years. And and don't do it for show and don't do it to try to earn God's favor. Pick something that seems to have an excessive hold on your thoughts, on your heart, on your emotions, on your life. Pick something that seems to be bringing you farther from God and replace that thing with worship the word and prayer. You could pick something maybe from the YouVersion app, maybe pick a psalm or reading from the Gospels and maybe say a prayer, maybe the Lord's Prayer. Tell other people, get other people around you so that you're not doing this alone and expect maybe you might slip up and that will just drive you back to the cross. It's easier to prepare for Christmas than to prepare for Easter, right? (laughs) It's a lot easier to go buy buy something (laughs) than to give something up. It's a lot easier to talk about the birth of a baby than about the death of, a, of Christ on the cross. Christmas is a lot easier to prepare for because Christmas is marketable and talking about death and resurrection, that's not. But man, we need this. We need Jesus, we need his death and resurrection. We need Holy Week. We need Lent even more than we need Christmas. So I want to encourage you to to try this, to to experiment with this, to to repent, try fasting, worship, meditate on God's word, and pray. Pray. And let me tell you, the more you prepare for Easter, the more you will involve yourself in this preparation, this process of these Lenten practices, the more you will praise your resurrected Savior on Easter morning. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast